Brian and Joe's Mary have lifted the curtain and let us inside their lives and their marriage to show us what addiction can look like. In Brian's words, here's why I like talking about baggage. It's because I know that what I've walked through and what God has done in my life will speak to others because the struggles I've had and still have are not unique to me. I know what God has done in me, He will do in others. This week, as we dive back into part two of Parasite and Paradise, let me remind you of the parental cautions I recommend. Due to the nature of addiction being talked about, please use your discretion as a parent as to whether to allow your children to listen. Middle teenagers and up, I feel, need to hear this subject discussed frankly from a Christian standpoint. The myth is what Brian and Joe call a broken mindset. It's what guys do. It's not hurting anybody. But as Brian says, addiction is straight from hell. So grab a tissue and meet me at Brian and Joe's table as we start to dissect and disinfect that dead yak because freedom is a new kind of paradise. Hey, Primagers. I can't believe we're in season two. Last season, we heard some powerful testimonies and stories of how my guests discovered their own path to purpose. We learned of their challenges, triumphs, and lessons they learned along the way. This season, we're diving deeper. Brand new guests and some old friends with a brand new twist. Our mission is the same, to offer you a front row seat to stories that can help you change your life. Whether you're seeking a fresh perspective, in need of inspiration, or craving the motivation to steer your life toward a greater purpose, we're here to help. So as we kick off the new season, I encourage you to listen, learn, and if needed, change. Let the stories shared here transform your thinking and allow God to repurpose you for His purpose. Your life has a divine blueprint, and it's time to uncover it, live it, and inspire others to do the same. Season 2 starts now. It would end up being a much longer journey than that. Unfortunately, um, a journey that carried into our marriage. And so, there we were in our early years of marriage, enjoying a lot of aspects of being together, um, growing together. And it's interesting too, because at the same time, I've got this real relationship with God. And uh, it's it's interesting because he set me free from depression in one day. Um, I was in 10th grade, said one prayer and bam, I was free. This on the other hand was like something where like he was walking with me the whole time, but he didn't just like sort of snap, take it away from me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't have an easy answer for why that is, but I did hear someone say once that typically when you, with those types of struggles, he'll do really deep work and you sort of build this understanding of it you wouldn't have. Like, I don't feel like I have a deep understanding of depression, mm-hmm. um, but I do feel like I have a pretty deep understanding of addiction, um, pornography addiction, how it affects people, how to take it on. I feel like I'm better equipped to help people. And so the comment I heard was something to the extent of, you know, when he walks with you sort of on the long journey out of something, it's because he's going to use you to free other people. And I'm like, great, let's go, you know? Well, I I would imagine that like you kind of, what you just said with the depression thing, okay, praise God, because there are so many people that do deal with depression. Sure. Uh, 
but you can't help them. I mean, he he freed you from that in one prayer. Mm-hmm. And so it would be easy to tell people, oh, just pray a prayer and it'll be gone. And, and like, some, I tried that. <laughs> exactly. And But this journey didn't happen. So you can you can relate to people, and it's not just men; it's it's people across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you can relate to that, and you can minister to that. If it's mm-hmm. not just oh, just pray it away, which is so hard to say. And I hate saying this, but the church does that with so much addiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Things that they don't understand. Sure. They pray it away. Depression, yeah. uh, you know, uh, drinking, whatever whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. It, it must be because you're doing something wrong. Or yeah. Just pray it away and it'll be gone. You know, yeah. you're not praying hard enough. Oh, um, yeah. I, that's, don't get me started. Yeah, we'll, that's my yeah. soapbox. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that in just a second. But I'll, I want to read this first in 2 Corinthians uh, 1, 4. It says, he comforts us, speaking of God, he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Wow. And so there is something to like, you know, I can, I can speak to and encourage people that are going through things I haven't been through. Sure. And you, you do it kind of like, hey, I know I haven't been through this, but I just, you know, mm-hmm. but you can speak to it from just your knowledge of the truth or just from compassion. But when you've walked through something that somebody else is walking through, you can really speak to it uh, in, in a deeper way. Feel. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So do you want to talk about how you were experiencing all this, Josemary? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to talk about the church's sort of just pray it away approach to... Um, maybe overutilizing that approach. Mm. I think the the first thing that my heart jumps at is the opportunity to get to talk about it because I think that was the problem. Yeah, mm. was and again that's what we the were uses. You know, if you can, if he can shame you into keeping it a secret, mm. yeah. then then he can keep you bound. Mm. Yeah. So the first step of unpackaging it is to admit, Mm. you know, publicly or, you know, or to someone that you can trust. Yeah. Now I knew of his pornography issue before we were married. I I found out about it when we were dating. Yeah. Um, back in college and basically again, from my background, I was like, well, you know, guys only want one thing. So like Mm -hmm. this sucks, but you know, it's what guys do. Like that's basically what I thought. So sort of the broken mindset. The broken mindset. As we got into a more serious relationship and then we got engaged and then we were doing premarital counseling. (laughs) I remember being like, well, okay, so what about this, this issue here? Like porn, like kind of don't want that, you know? Mm -hmm. And the, this, the thought being the, the, the understanding being, I'm, I'm trying to choose my words carefully here, but, um, oh, it'll get better once you guys can have sex. That, that, that'll fix it. That'll fix it. That, that's basically what I was told. And I was like, okay, that is, that is not, Unfortunately, listen, that's listen not to me, anyone yeah. listening. Yeah. It is not the wife's responsibility to yeah. fix your okay. husband's porn problem. That would be a heavy burden. It is too. not the husband's responsibility to fix your wife's porn problem yeah. um, or infidelity, emotional infidelity, whatever. Yeah. That is not the other person's burden. And we say this with love and, and sobriety, but if you're looking at getting married or in a committed relationship and that person is in addiction, marrying them will not change that. Nope. Yeah. Unfortunately. Now you're, you're choosing 
like to to partner with someone through their addiction. Some people may choose to say, well, I understand. I'm willing to move forward. I love them and I want to, you know, but it just, just know it's not, it's not easy. (laughs) It's not easy. And of course we're big believers and anyone can, can experience freedom Mm -hmm. from addiction, no matter, no matter what I'm, I'm living proof. Yeah. But just, just know, you know, we've, We've even encouraged some some people we love, you know, to consider waiting to get married. And, you know, they went ahead, and um, it's 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 been a challenging road. Yeah. And, and so, so so in the in the if if I can just finish yeah, the the part okay. with um, not being able to talk, right? So it's not that I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. It's that again, we were in ministry life, and so uh, one of the um, and there is truth to this when you're in leadership and ministry, right? Um, we weren't officially like pastors or anything like that, but in, in, uh, spiritual leadership in people's lives. You had a lot of leadership. And, um, well, you were in student leadership. Right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. And, and the council was you, um, you don't share down. Basically, if you're going through something, you do not tell that to the people that you're discipling. You don't, you don't open up about your struggles, real struggles, mm-hmm with someone in your small group or something like that. You only share that kind of stuff with pastors. And would you say we both disagree with that advice now? I disagree with that. Yeah. I I think, I think there are some caveats and some nuance. I was going to say not fully. And all of this is not, it's again, it's not a cookie cutter thing. Life is not that way, but like all or nothing. Yeah. But I think that we, we were so moldable. I think that we were like, okay, don't share down. So don't share this at all. all. And so I think Brian had like an accountability partner and then his pastor. Right. And then I had nobody. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's one of my biggest regrets is, you know, she didn't want to shame me, which obviously is very gracious of her because she could have. I mean, I, I was being unfaithful and I was making efforts to stop this whole time. I mean, ever since the first time I was exposed to pornography, there was a desire and efforts made to stop, but um, not on the level of whatever it takes. Yeah. Because whatever it takes involves a lot of sacrifice. I'll make this quick comment. Jesus only said one thing about lust. He said, if your eye causes you to stumble, rip it out. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. Was Jesus advocating self-mutilation? Of course not. I mean, it's very clear from the whole council of scripture. He wouldn't. The point he's making is stop at nothing to get rid of your access to sin. And if you follow the metaphor, life is a lot trickier with one eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Julie, you can give context if you want to. For those of you that do not know, my husband only has a right eye. He wears a patch. So that's why we're laughing, not at at the seriousness of the uh, the, the topic. And Jerry's always the first one to crack jokes about it. So we're, we're, yeah. He's he's making faces now. Um, But in life was much harder with one hand. Like there are good things that are now harder to do because of one hand for me was, you know, the, the, the step to get rid of internet on my smartphone, you know, because it was just this access point where I had no accountability, like that made a lot of things in life harder, mm-hmm. but it was worth it. And that's what Christ called me to. And so it's just that willingness to just cut off whatever it was to sacrifice the good along with the, the bad. Right in order to 
um, to be free and just the reluctance to let go of things, the reluctance to really just be like, it's not worth it. That's what I think made my struggle drag on longer than it needs to. So when I encourage other people, I'm like, you don't have to take 17 years to get free. Or if you've been addicted for 40 years, it doesn't have to take another 40. It doesn't have to take another 17. Like, I think the big shift is, um, for me, there's a lot of things that kind of came together, but um, I think the mindset of whatever it takes, I'm willing, there's nothing I won't sacrifice to be free. Um, I think that's the mindset that's needed. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I've often heard that uh, pornography is a victimless crime. You Ooh, know, that's a lie. It, which is a lie. And and I'm, I was going to get you both to address that because Shoot. it it came together. I mean, it came in your marriage. Right. Yeah. So that had to be tough for Joe. Mm. It had to be tough for Brian because you're, I mean, you love your wife. Yeah. You are trying to love your wife without being unfaithful. So that's, that's not victimless for either one of y'all. Yeah. And I, I think that goes back into the, the experience that I had with like feeling like I couldn't talk about this and that I, there wasn't anyone to talk to, nor should I talk. You know, it was like, this is, this is something going on with him. It's affecting me greatly. But my job is just to forgive and to pray. And I did that for year after year after year. And eventually, you know, we um, and won't, won't go into this too, too much right now, but like we went through uh, losing two pregnancies early on. And during that time, he was still addicted. And I'm going through, you know, having lost, you know, a child and... I'm going to my husband who admits to having just looked at whatever. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like, and I can't tell anybody, like, can someone help, you know? Yeah. So learning to cry out to God a lot, um, but also starting to ask really good questions. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people think that faith means that you don't ask questions of God. And even people saying like, well, you shouldn't question God. You shouldn't uh, test the Lord and this and that. I don't really see in scripture. I mean, Job like did a lot of asking. Mm -hmm. David does a lot of yeah. asking mm -hmm. and God does not like snuff out their life like that. Right. He, he doesn't always answer the question the way that we want it answered, mm -hmm. exactly. but God is not afraid of questions. He knows them before they're even formed in our tiny little human squish brains, you know? Right, right. Um, and I started asking really good questions like, where are you? Are you actually good? Wow. Can I actually trust you? Do I really want to follow you? Is who you who I know you to be the real you? You know, like all those kinds of questions because I was in suffering. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I think that the idea of like, you know, is there a victim? I started to recognize I, I was trying to find myself in like okay, I'm not a victim and I'm going to, you know, declare things over our marriage and this and this and that. But at the same time, my heart is breaking and I'm kind of lying to myself that that's happening because I'm so determined to have faith. And um, I think in that time period, basically bitterness started brewing, a lot mm. of bitterness. Hope sure. deferred makes the heart sick. And I would hope and then it would be deferred and I would hope again and it would be deferred. And 
then, you know, he would say, no, really, like, I'm going to change it. And I'm like, okay. And then deferred again. And again, in, in all of this time, I see him getting counselors, going to conferences, getting special books about pornography and like freedom from it. And, you know, these resources and like, hey, you know, if you meditate on this and, you know, just all these like band of brothers all around him. And I'm over here like, who's going to talk to the woman? Who's, who's counseling her, who's encouraging her, you know, and I did have someone in my life, but, um, unfortunately even this person was going through different, different difficulties, um, with their own relationship. And it just felt very like, again, kind of back to that root of, well, you know, men. And I think honestly, that's kind of something that the Lord's really pulled out of my, my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, I should say there's still tiny little root seeds of it in it, in, in my heart. I can, I, I know uh, because recently he's been dealing with some stuff, but like just this idea, I grew up hearing a lot. Well, you know, guys are only after one thing. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, man, blah, blah, blah. and, um, and a lot of our movies and books and, yeah. um, especially now it's like down with men. They're so stupid. And you know, oh. women are better in everything. And, that's, you know, that's my, all that's of my that. Soapbox, and I'm so, just yeah. like, Anyways, so let me get back to what I'm rambling here. But um, basically, I I started, I, th I think in that time, bitterness started welling up. And, um, and then I got really sick of praying. I got really sick of like, okay, I'm just going to pray over this. And the church says this. And I'm going to fast and this and that. Because I wasn't seeing significant change. He would do better for like a few days maybe a couple of weeks. I remember like two weeks and he was like, I'm free two weeks. And like for him, he was genuinely excited. And I'm like, two freaking weeks. We've been married for like eight years, you know, right, like, right. Yeah. like in the light of all of that, you know, anyways. And so I got, I started getting into this very, very dark place. I also, um, we had our firstborn and hormones, Ooh, hormones mm -hmm. and, um, going through, all of that and then the hormones and then the addiction is still there and we're still, we weren't in full-time ministry anymore, but we were still involved with church things. And I was just like, you know what? Screw it all. <laughs> you know, yeah. Keep this PG. But I was like, I was like, no, I don't want the church. I don't want anything to do with Jesus. Like I was just in so many areas of my life. I was disappointed by what I thought was God. Yeah. And um, the Lord, I can't, I wish that I could package my words to describe what he did in my life. But those questions, can I trust you? God answered, yes. Are you actually good? Yes. And anytime that I would encounter suffering, I would go back to, but hold on, he's good and I can trust him. I may not feel all of this right now, but I, he's good and I can trust him. And I would just take one more step and then one more step the next day. And I think that through that, the Lord, he always brings things at just the right time. And in that time period where I was just taking another step, but I watched our, I was watching our marriage start to dissolve. Yeah. Um, I, I'm crying. Sorry. I could, it's not a cold. <laughs> no, I never, ever, ever. And who does right. 
I mean, unless you go in with a cynical attitude, but like we said at the beginning, we were like, this isn't a ball and chain. This is what God wants us to do. God brought us together, all these wonderful, hopeful things. Mm-hmm. By basically, I think like the ninth, 10th year of our marriage, um, I was I was pretty much like done. I was done. And I remember the pastor that knew about what Brian had, he had walked with Brian through many years of this, right? I remember going to him once and just, I told him I was, we were at some event that we were helping put on and I just looked at him and said, I can't anymore. I just can't. And I was so cynical. I was dry as a bone spiritually. And it's not like I wasn't like hearing the word of God and all of this, but just, it was this need for my heart to not have an unfaithful partner. Um, that like, I was just starved. I was like a desert. And I just remember being like, okay, so I guess we're going to get divorced because I was thinking of like the scriptures say, you know, like biblically, how can I get out of this? You know? And it's like, if your partner is unfaithful and I was like, I consider this unfaithful, you know, like your heart is. is not just mine. It's, it's two, a bunch of images and who knows what, you know? And, um, and so I was like, okay, so like, wow, divorce. And we have a baby. Dang. Like, I was like, this is not like, why am I thinking this? And then like, no, 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 I need to forgive. And then my heart's like, dude, we're done. The forgiveness thing, like we ain't got no more. And then I went into these questions of, well, if, you know, 70 times seven forgiveness, and am I really a Christian if I won't mm-hmm. forget on and on. So I'm in this like whirlpool basically of like, Here's how I, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I was just like in this like stuck, stuck phase. And I feel like out of nowhere, Pandy came into the scene. Yeah. P- Pandy. I, that's my, my, my pet name for them. Pat and Andy. Pat oh, okay. and Andy. Okay. It's oh. funny. The, the gentleman is Pat and the wife is Andy. Andy yeah. That's funny. Okay. Yeah. But uh, we got connected to them through um, a very, very awesome couple in our lives. Um, this couple's, again, uh, the, the husband knew of what was going on with Brian and walked with him through many things. And, uh, but they gave us a referral um, for Pandy and- um, Marriage counselors. Marriage counselors. And I'm, I'm gonna jump in here yeah. before sorry, we talk sorry, about babe. Pat and Andy. No, you're good. Uh, I wanna need to share. Um, I think this is clear through, through what Josemary and I have shared, but uh, just in case we haven't said it clearly, um, her sense of like, I need to keep this silent, not share. Um, that's a lie. And that, uh, I, that's one of my biggest regrets was I was, you know, she was trying to honor me through this time, which is just incredible. Uh, cause she didn't need to, and of course she didn't always do a great job, but I mean, she was, she was heartbroken. Um, but I just had this fear that I I couldn't imagine there being another woman I know that knew what I was doing and struggling with and being able to look them in the eyes and just like, just, I just couldn't, I was like, I, you know, I, I'm sorry, babe. I can't think of anyone that I, I just feel comfortable with you talking with. I just, yeah. Cause I would ask, I'm sure. like, like, Hey, would it be okay if I had like someone that I could just share with and like mm-hmm. pray for me, you know? And, and of course, in hindsight, I'm like, that was, that was way outside of my, <laughs> I was, that was a boundary issue, right? She didn't need my permission to talk about 
that with, you know, another woman, but I would just strongly encourage anyone that's partnered to somebody in addiction, you have to talk because she was suffocating and dying. And finally, I realized my wife is suffocating and I don't like this at all, but she has to talk to somebody. And so finally, I was just reluctantly like, yeah, they like, you can talk to, you know, pastor's wife or whoever, you know? Yeah. And so that was a first step and it took her a little while before she connected with someone that was really yeah. helpful. And I want to say this, I feel like I'm, I'm so passionate about this because I'm so grateful to you guys for recording this. And like, it, I, I pray for anyone listening that this, yeah. this is useful to some extent and not just like, Oh, that was an interesting story to hear, but that it applies to your life somehow and helps, sure. helps improve it. But, um, you know, sitting in church, and I, I can't like put a percentage on it, but I feel like it's about maybe once a year in every church, you get the, the porn sermon, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And well, you know, or the reference or the reference, the single yeah. reference, the yeah. single reference, but it's, it's not more than about once a year. If you're going two two times a year, wow. Ooh, you're like, you're on the edge kind mm -hmm. of church, you know, but I, I would hear this every time that that's brought up within a church setting, I always would hear the statistic. 50%, 50% are addicted. And that's even within the church. And I'm sitting there going, so either you to my left or you to my right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. Well, no, no, no. But no, like, it, that's yeah, the truth. I, I get it. I get but it. we're only going to address this once a year. Right. Or just, or just in a very cursory way. A very cursory. More frequently, and but, yeah. and you're only supposed to talk to some mysterious counselor that nobody else knows you're talking to them about it. And, yeah. and I'm yeah. like, Yo, like if you got food in your teeth and you got food in your teeth and I got food in my teeth, why don't we like brush each other's teeth? You know, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. let's yeah. get the dead animal out of the closet and, yeah. and start disinfecting. I, the yak, yeah. the yak needs yeah. to be freaking cut up and burned. Exactly. Right. And I think that it's hurting so much of like the things, the purging of the church, mm -hmm. right. Through 2020 and on. And I mean, it's been going on for a long time. The Lord's refining his bride, but. A lot of the sickness is, I really believe, so tied to not just porn specifically, but um, the perversion, a, a spirit yeah. of perversion. And it's all interconnected. I mean, we could list out so many ways, but mm -hmm. I think that the first step is, as James says, like bringing it to light. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just yeah. grateful. Yeah. And there's healing. Confess yeah. your sins to one another and pray for each other that you may be healed, I think. Yeah. And, and to be clear, Joe and I, are, we love the church. We're big fans of the church. And, and uh, we're talking about the church in general. And of course, our, the church we participate sure. in, the local church we're part of. Um, we love it. And so, you know, our, our complaints aren't just, you know, we're sitting on the sidelines griping at the church. Like we're, we're very involved in our church and, and so on. And it's been a huge blessing, but we do think we've, we've noticed a tendency that some people tend to isolate. There's even a situation this last week where I found out about it, like five days after it happened. I'm like, why didn't anyone tell me? Because these people desperately need help. And they're like literally just, you know, emotionally dying on their own, not asking anyone for help. I'm like, yo, let us know what's going on. Yeah. We can pray for you. We can make you a meal. We can help out. We can, we can get the, the gang praying. Like, yeah. like, you know, and so I think there is just such a tendency to want to keep our painful or 
embarrassing things private, which, yeah. you know, you don't want to tell just everybody. Yeah. And, and, and I'll, I'll play, I'll play the, the flip coin to this. Here's the wisdom of why you don't just share with everybody, like, or you don't just share down or, you know, whatever is that there have been some really like terrible situations that have happened by someone saying, Hey, so I'm struggling with this. And then someone else is like, Oh yeah, well, let's talk about it. And then there's like this really unhealthy relationship that develops out of that. And then it gets worse. And, you know, so there is wisdom in like, who are you going to share with? What I'm, what I'm discussing here is the need for the church body to really like put some, put some feet to the statement of like, there is no shame in Christ. Like there, you know, like if there is no shame in Christ, then I can talk with with my my sisters and talk about what I'm going through. And again, ideally, I've been called that a lot, but ideally the sisters have that maturity and they help you through it rather than, yeah. you know, gossiping and all of this. And that, again, that's where it's all tied together, but find a healthy group of people yeah. that their lives are mature. They don't just go to church. It's, right. maturity, it's maturity and yeah. that pastoral leadership is involved. That has to be involved. You Absolutely. can't just try to handle it on your own and be like, pastor's too busy. Like if you're going to open up with a group mm-hmm. then make sure that there's pastoral there's oversight yes. so that if things start to get weird, you know, can <laughs> someone can be involved. You know, there's a scripture that says um, that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Talking about God's throne. saying we can come boldly to the throne of grace to find help in our time of need. So if God welcomes us to come boldly. So that's I'm not coming like cowering and oh God, don't strike me. It's like, no, I like run to the throne. If, if God invites me to come to him like that so I can find help in my time of need is what it says then how much more, you're not more, but how much should uh, should we as, you know, fellow flawed humans be willing to just welcome and accept broken, hurting people without judgment, without um, condemnation and and be willing to just, you know, put an arm around their shoulder and say, oh, well, I'll walk with you. I'll, yeah. You know, I'll be there yeah. for you. Because I think it's, there's just so many lies all around, right? Like this yeah. lie that, well, guys can't help it. You know, or like that's, that's you know, all guys do it. Right. All guys do yeah. it, you know, it's, you know, or girls, right? Mm-hmm. That's um, too. It's, it's liberation, sexual liberation, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, welcome to the 20- sexual yeah. slavery. <laughs> it's, um, it's slavery. It's it yeah. And then on the flip side that, you know, um, you know, the sexier you are, the more you, you, you if you got it, flaunt it, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like it's, it's just all so twisted. Yeah. <laughs> it's also Perhaps. twisted. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and freedom is gonna, is, is gonna come. It yeah. And we're obviously involves. not saying that in a judgmental way. We're saying no, that it's like, that's, that's who we were. Yes. Yeah. That's her, her background was, you know, her, her upbringing is if you got it, flaunt it. My upbringing was just, you know, addiction and privately engaging behavior. I knew yeah. it was you wrong. Look good on the outside. You're addicted on the inside. And, yeah. and so, so we're not saying this judgmentally. We're just saying like, Hey, we've been on both sides of this and freedom is it's it's a it's a it's a new kind of paradise yeah. for us. Once again, I want to thank Brian and Josemary for sharing their story with all of us. I know it's not easy to be so open and raw, but as James five sixteen says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Talking to the right person is the first step. They both have decided to share their testimony with the prayer that their struggles will help another. Please share this episode with everyone you know. If 50% are silently suffocating from addiction, 
I guarantee you, you know someone who needs this episode, whether you know it or not. Brian leaves us with this verse as the reason they are opening up about his addiction. 2 Corinthians 1 and 4 says, He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Join us back here next week as we wrap up this four-part series and find out what recovery and freedom from addiction looks like to Brian and Josemary. I'm really glad you joined me for today's episode. If you heard something that spoke to you, please take a second and share this podcast across the social media platforms. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook at JJ Life on Purpose so we can stay connected. Until next time, remember, you always have a choice, so choose joy.